All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Beef Up Front podcast. Before we get into today's show, let us remind you about our sponsorship, uh, Beef Up Front, as well as all of PickSwap Media with the SportsDisplays.com. Sports Displays are the creators of their unique product, the jersey mount, which can be installed to any surface and is significantly cheaper than the hundreds of dollars it costs for this type of quality display. So make sure to check out the link in our description. Um, use that when you're buying their products with the promo code PICKSWAP at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. Um, but today we have a special guest on the show, a first a first timer. We got my buddy Pat on. We're going to be talking some NFL future bets, uh, so some introducing some more gambling content to the channel, some potential bets we like and we might place as we head into the season um, and, and kind of get rolling with that. So uh, welcome to the show, Pat, and how are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I'm always a, a good, uh, good good topic for gambling. So I'm glad that this was the first podcast I'm doing with you. Did you uh, have any uh, bets in today? I know you're a baseball better. Yeah, I had uh, I had a couple no runs first inning. Didn't work out too well. So uh, trying to get, get ahead of the season with these um, NFL future bets. Yeah, make up some of that lost money from baseball season. Um, but like I said, so we're going to be rolling through some NFL future bets. So we got some uh, playoff teams, some over-under wins, uh, some player props, some MVP stuff. So kind of all over the place. We got five each that we like, and then we also threw in a dark horse each. So you want to start us off with uh, one bet, future bet that you really like going into the season, Pat? Sure. Um, I got a – I have two MVP bets personally, but I have one MVP bet that I wanted to bring on the show. Um the other one is your guy, but I'm not going to spoil that. Um, the one that I have is Josh Allen for MVP at plus 700. Um, it's a pretty quarterback-dominated award, as we all know. Um, you know, Josh Allen's schedule isn't too easy, um, but I think that, you know, Josh Allen has shown us the skills that he's had with his legs and with his arm um, and with a top-tier receiver in Stephon Diggs that he can uh, truly dominate the league. And I don't usually like betting heavy favorites, but, you know, um, Josh Allen's a guy that really stands out to me this year. I think he's going to take an extra step. And we obviously saw what happened last year in the um, AFC Divisional with the uh, Chiefs-Bills game that went to overtime and um, what a shootout that was. So I think that, you know, he'll have a little bit of a bad taste in his mouth and uh, come back stronger this year and win win the award. Yeah, and the thing with the MVP, it's not like it's like you were saying you don't like betting heavy favorite. It's not like you're taking like the Bucks to win the division at minus like two forty. I think they are right now. Like you're still at a plus money easy with this plus seven hundred. Um, and I really like the emergence of Gabriel Davis in the playoffs last year and down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He's seemed to really solidify himself as a number, a really good number two receiver. They brought in James Cook, the running back out of Georgia in the draft. I think he's going to be a big addition to that offense. So. We've only seen Josh Allen improve, I think, year over year during his time in the NFL so far. So I don't think there's any reason why he sh- doesn't have the ability to make that leap once again and throw himself into that MVP discussion. The Bills are also Super Bowl favorites right now. So um, big time favorites. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if that all kind of pans out as we go on throughout the season. Yeah, I always wonder like who uh, like the heavy favorites seem to never end up hitting, but. Um, I just couldn't say no to the Josh Allen bet. And you said the Bills are Super Bowl favorites. I, I don't know how many times those things work out, but uh, they seem to definitely be improving year over year. 
Yeah, so my uh, my first bet that I want to discuss is an MVP bet as well. I got it as Justin Herbert. He's plus 900 right now. Um, if you've listened to me or, or have talked to me before about football, you know I kind of have a, a man crush on Justin Herbert. I think by the end of the year, he's going to be viewed by many as the best quarterback in the league. Um, I think it's kind of his record in his first two seasons kind of holding him back from that label because – his defense, frankly, and as weird as it might sound, the special teams has really cost the Chargers in games over these first two years of uh, Justin Herbert. But I think the MVP award will really kind of catapult him into that number one spot if if he does wind up winning it. So looking for that out of him this year. I think the Chargers defense being better with the additions of J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack is really going to help that team and lead them to more wins this season. Um, so he threw for 31 touchdowns his first year, 38 his second year. 4,300 yards his first season and 5,000 yards his second. So I don't think a 5,000-yard-plus uh, with, like, 45 touchdowns season is out of the question. And he also adds some value as a rusher, too. We found the end zone eight times throughout his first two years on the ground, and he rushes for uh, rushed for at least 230 yards in both years. So that gives him a little bit more value there for total yards. Um, he isn't really Josh Allen or, like, a Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson in terms of the, the rushing aspect, but – he still has some value there, and I think he's going to be used because uh, he can be used with his really big body as a good guy down by the goal line. So I really love Justin Herbert once again this year. He was up there. I think he, he led the league in passing yards last season. It wouldn't surprise me to see that happen again. Uh, yeah, so like I said before, uh, the other MVP bet that I had was your guy. It is Justin Herbert. I actually got him at plus 1,000. Uh, I took a look at their schedule before I placed that bet, and their, their schedule features the Texans – Falcons, Seahawks, Jaguars, and the Watsonless Browns in Week Five. Um, so obviously nothing is um, a surefire win, but those all seem like surefire wins to me. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of know how the NFL can go sometimes; it can get crazy. Um, but those are a few wins that I saw as really, really easy for Justin Herbert, especially like you said, the numbers before. Um, I think he also is going to take that leap, and I do hope he wins that award because um, I love watching the guy. Yeah, the, the the one thing that kind of scares me about it, though, I think the AFC West is going to be the best division in football, so that mm-hmm. could either like derail your team or it could be really good from not just a real football pers- uh, aspect for Herbert but as a fantasy aspect as well. I think there's going to be a lot of high-scoring, like, fun, exciting games in that division, and that's going to lead to a lot of good statistics for Herbert. So I think he's got that going for him as well. Um, But we'll get into our second bet that we're really liking. We both got a parlay for this one. What do you you have for your parlay, Pat? I have the Chargers and the Ravens to make the playoffs. So we've been talking about Justin Herbert um, going right along with that. Uh, You know, the AFC is going to be wildly competitive this year, like you just mentioned. Um, I think all four teams in the West are capable of making the playoffs. Uh, you got the Dolphins that are revamped a little bit. They got um, committee running back room. They also got the addition of Tyreek Hill. So um, they got everything for them going on offense that they could have hoped. Um, you also got the reigning AFC champion Bengals. They're only getting better and older and more experienced. Um, some of those young guys had a taste of obviously the Super Bowl last year. So they kind of know where they're at. Um and I already mentioned the the Chargers somewhat like soft schedule points. Um, and, you know, any defense that has Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson on, it's going to be tough to put up points on. Um, I wouldn't discount, like you said, the, the high-scoring games in division, but that defense is going to be pretty tough this year. Um, if you add uh, the MVP candidate like we think Herbert's going to be, 
one of the more dynamic weapons in the league at running back in Eckler, uh, one of the more reliable receivers in the past few years in Keenan Allen, and one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, breakout candidate of last year in Mike Williams, and you got yourself a contender. Um, so I think they're uh, a really bona fide lock to make the playoffs. Um, not to mention they they bolstered their O line in the last two drafts in Rayshon Slater and Zion Johnson. So um, definitely contributing to protecting Justin Herbert, and I think everything else will flow from there. Um, as for the Ravens side, uh, I think they have a good shot to catch the back end of that parlay. Uh, coming off the more one of the more devastating seasons in terms of injury last year, they lost J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards really really early. Um, they also missed Lamar Jackson for the first five games or for five games of the season. Uh, so it was really difficult for them to get any momentum, get anything going. Um, and for some reason, as we see like analysts and fans write off Lamar Jackson year after year. Um, I mean, he was the second player ever to win the MVP award unanimously. So I, I don't know uh, what the narrative is there, but um, you know, a team notorious for their defense, along with Lamar playing with a chip on his shoulder like he always does. Um, I think the Ravens make the playoffs, and I also think they go from worst to first in the AFC North. Yeah, this is uh, starting next week. I'm going to be doing my divisional previews. I'm going to be doing two a week up up until the season, but I have both the Chargers and Ravens uh, winning their division and making the playoffs, and I think they're actually the top two seeds. So this is a bet that I'm really uh, a big fan of. I think the Ravens have a bounce back year. I think Lamar Jackson is going to play this year on his current contract and really try to explode and get that uh, like mega deal, prove himself even more. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like we talked about with the Chargers, Justin Herbert, I think they have the best overall roster in the NFL. We'll see. Um, if, if they're able to all stay healthy, that's kind of been their thing over the years. And as well as the head coach, that's where they've struggled as well. But I think both these teams are, are pretty good bets to make the playoffs, and you're able to get that at plus money. I like that. Um, when we get into my parlay, these are two teams that I look at as, I think, the safest to win their division out of any of them in the NFL this year, and that would be a Bucks bills division winner parlay, minus one-on-one, so almost at plus money there as well. Barring a major injury to either quarterback here, though, I feel, like I said, the most comfortable with either of them winning their division. Clearly the best two teams in their division. You can make an argument that the Jets and the Dolphins are improved. The Patriots are going to be tough. They're not just going to roll over. I'm not expecting much from them this year, but still not an easy win there by any means with Bill Belichick still on the other sideline. Um, But then you look at the AFC or the NFC South. I think that division is going to be one of the worst in football again, really going to struggle. Panthers, Falcons, I think both those teams are going to be fighting for like four to five wins at most, going to be in contention for the number one pick probably. And then the Saints, I'm just not a huge believer in Jameis Winston and um, Dennis Allen, the new head coach over there, just leading that way for the whole year. We've seen Jameis have some some really good moments, but we've also seen him have some really bad moments, like a 30 touchdown, 30 interception season. So that's kind of hard to be a productive winning quarterback. And then Dennis Allen wasn't a very successful head coach in his first time uh, when he was coaching the Oakland Raiders. So I think there's a lot of unknown there. Winston's still coming back from an injury as well, touring ACL. So we'll see how he, he does from that. But I think the Bucs are clearly the best team in that division as long as Tom Brady's healthy. And as long as Josh Allen's healthy, we've kind of talked about our, our infatuation for him, I guess you could say, and, and how we think he has the potential to take another leap this year. 
I think that's a really safe pick, and you're almost getting that at plus money. Uh, that's a bet I feel really comfortable with placing. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, like you said, the NFC South is probably the most garbage division in the NFL this year. Um, you also, uh, I don't think you touched on Kamara is going to be suspended uh, for a certain amount of time, you know, and people, you know, Tom Brady struggles against the Saints, loses one game a year. I don't think that's going to make the difference, even if he does lose one game versus the Saints. Um, you know, he just turned 45, I believe, today or yesterday. So um, as long as, you know, his offensive line protects him um, and him and Josh Allen, like you said, both don't get hurt. Uh, I don't think there's any reason why this bet doesn't hit. And yeah, basically right at plus money, I think it's uh, a pretty safe bet um, if I had to to pick. Yeah, that's one that probably out of all these, the ones I the one I feel probably the safest about, um, and probably you get the you get a nice little bang for your buck in that one as well. Um, how about our next one? We got a uh, over under win total. We did a whole episode on that covering ten teams. Uh, a few weeks ago, but this is one that I kind of touched on on the show for mine. Uh, I'm curious to see what your over/under win total would be for this one. Uh, you know, I was looking at the the win totals for all the teams. Um, not much stood out to me because obviously, you know, Vegas is very good at their job, and they uh, they're really good at predicting where teams are going to land. Uh, I had trouble picking teams that were um, that were listed at ten and a half wins, so I kind of stayed away from those. Uh, the one that I found first, I took the Seahawks under five and a half at plus money at plus 115. Um, I really do. I mean, it's pretty evident they, they've taken a nosedive since trading uh, the future Hall of Famer Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Um, and, you know, as if losing a franchise quarterback wasn't enough, Chris Carson just retired, did his neck injury. Um, and I think that, you know, although they're still led by Pete Carroll, I don't think they have what it takes to get to the six win mark. Um you know, I've been saying, I said about the Chargers schedule, I just don't see six wins looking at the Seahawks schedule. Um, you know, signing DK Metcalf to an extension was a step in the right direction for the rebuild. Um, and the, the draft pick package they got back from the Wilson trade, um, that set them up pretty well depending on how they draft. Um, but I really just don't think Drew Locke is the guy. <clears throat> um, plus relying on the services of Rashad Penny and rookie Kenneth Walker, uh, I really don't think they make it out of the bottom of the NFC West. And um, I really do think that they have good value at plus money if you wanted to go that route. Yeah, I think there's kind of a – we'll see how much longer Pete Carroll kind of wants to coach because he's getting up there in age. We're not, I'm not sure how much longer I want to do this. But I think there's like an agreement in place with both the front office and the coaching staff where they kind of are under the impression that this is like a rebuild year. Um, with that, like you said, with that draft package that they got from the Broncos this year, they have an extra first round pick this year, uh, thanks to that Russell Wilson trade. So I think they're going to be a team that is hovering around that number one overall pick. And if they're not able to get that, they have the draft capital if they want to move up and get that for one of these star quarterbacks coming out next year. Because going into the season, it's, it is only August, but there's like guys like five, six, seven guys sometimes thrown around as potential first round quarterbacks this year. So we could see a lot of talent um, in next year's NFL draft at the quarterback spot. And that's clearly what the Seahawks are missing now with Russell Wilson out of the fold. So I think this is like a rebuilding year. We'll see the Seahawks like kind of like the Patriots. I think the Patriots will be better, but the Seahawks aren't a team that's just going to be like an easy win. You're just going to be able to roll over them. They're going to make it tough on you, but I just don't think they have that top end talent right now throughout the roster to make the playoffs. Um, 
let alone Eclipse six wins. So I like that under five and a half as well. Uh, my third pick, this is my favorite over under win total. It comes in at minus 140, so not the greatest odds. Um, you're not getting the greatest payout on that, but it's the Chicago Bears going under six and a half wins. If you listen to that previous episode, you, I kind of talked about this already, how I think that they're going to be putrid this year. I have them being the worst team in the NFL. I had I did my schedule prediction last night for all 32 teams, and I had them winning three games this year. Um, so I think that offense is just going to be downright putrid. Awful offensive line, a young quarterback who has a lot of talent. Um, he's really just being set up to field Justin Fields, I think. So they have limited weapons on the offense as well. I think it's just a recipe for disaster. First-year head coach, who I'm not a fan of Eberflus either. I always was confused why his name was – thrown around as a potential head coach candidate. Maybe he can prove me wrong this year, but I don't like him as a head coach going forward. I just think this is a franchise headed in the wrong direction. Um, They're definitely in a rebuild. We'll see what they can do going forward with a new head coach, young quarterback, new GM. But still, I've got them winning three games this season. It might be a little harsh. They could get around four to five wins, but I don't expect over six wins to be feasible for this team that lacks uh, this much talent. So under six and a half wins is a play I really like for the Chicago Bears. Uh, yeah, I like the bet too. I, I was hoping I would maybe disagree with you on one or two of these, but, um, you know, I think I don't remember a time in our lifetimes where the Bears have been, you know, a good franchise, maybe when we were really much like a lot younger, but I'm not really sure. Um you know, their wide receiving core has got to be one of the worst in the NFL. Um, that doesn't help Justin Fields out at all. Um, David Montgomery shows bright spots, but, um, you know, one one guy can't carry a whole offense by himself. Um, plus, they have they got to play the Packers twice a year, who, as we know, Aaron Rodgers owns them. Um, yeah, I don't see the Bears getting seven wins. Either. I, yes. I really don't like their team. Yeah, seven would be uh, really surprising me. I was surprised to see it, that number. But, like, kind of the more I'm listening to podcasts of, like, national guys, um, they're, no one's really high on the Bears right now either. So I'm glad to think that I'm not just the only one in that regard. Um, and I really think they'll be around flirting for that number one overall pick. And that will be interesting to see kind of the direction that franchise goes, whether they stick with Fields and, and give him another chance or um, – they, they opt for one of these other quarterbacks. So, and it's pretty crazy. We're already talking about that. He hasn't even stepped on the field yet for his second NFL season, but that's just kind of the way the coverage in the NFL works. But uh, one more over-under win total we got here out of our five bets before we get into our uh, last one as well as our dark horse. What do you want to talk about now, Pat? Uh, the other one that stood out to me, um, even worse odds than your Bears bet, I got the Commanders at under eight and a half wins at minus 170. Um, so maybe a good parlay piece if you agree with what I'm saying, but um, not a whole lot of value if you if you want to take it straight up. Um, so similar to what I said about the Seahawks, I just don't see uh, nine wins on the commander schedule. And, you know, even if I give them a win against the Eagles, um, two against the Giants and one against the Cowboys, I still don't see nine wins there. Um, they may be clawing from the bottom of that division with the Giants as well. I think it might be a two-man race there. Um, and, you know, as much as we hate to admit it, our boy Carson Wentz just hasn't had the it factor since he went down uh, with the ACL in, against the Rams in 2017. Um, you know, after failing to lead the Colts to the playoffs last year, all he had to do was beat the Jaguars in Week 17. He couldn't do that. Um, 
it's kind of saddening to say that his career might be on decline. Um, you know, also Chase Young has an unclear timetable from his ACL injury. We know how much of a catalyst to that defense he is um, coming out in number two overall. Um, you know, the only thing that worries me about this bet is that Carson Wentz does return to that 2017 MVP caliber form, um, you know, with Terry McLaurin and a uh, local guy to me, Jahan Dotson, um, as wideouts there. But I think from from what we've seen these past few years, I don't really think uh, it's a realistic outcome for Wentz to go nine and eight this year. Yeah, the commanders are an interesting team going into the year. There's been so much like quarterback shuffling this offseason where there's a lot of teams where I think there's a lot of unknown that the commanders have one of the more like talented groups on the defensive side of the ball. And they just didn't really play that well last year. Um, but then on offense, they do have some nice intriguing pieces. Logan Thomas comes back from injury. He's a tight end. I really like, I'm a big fan of John Dotson. I think he's a, a guy who's kind of built to, with that skill set to just step in and make contributions in the NFL from day one. You got Terry McLaurin who, I think is a really good receiver, but I think he's overrated. Um, I don't think he's like a top 10 guy, kind of like he's thrown around a bit. Antonio Gibson, I really like, but it all really at the end of the day comes down to the quarterback. I don't think, I mean, we look back now, the 2017 Wentz season, that's five years ago now. So mm -hmm. that's something where I don't think we'll ever see again. I think he was solid last year. I mean, like you said, all he had to do is beat the Jaguars that last week. And he blew that. But, like, throughout the rest of the regular season, he had a pretty solid year. He only threw, like, seven picks. Um, the big thing with him just kind of seems to be, like, his personality and just the way he meshes with his teammates. It seems like that's kind of what has ran him out of town in his last two uh, spots. But under eight and a half wins, I think I have them finishing right at eight and nine. So that would hit. But this would be a bet that I'm not really that comfortable with because I could see if all things go right, they do flirt with nine, ten wins, potentially like a wild card spot. Um, but I also don't think that they're a team that's going to be a complete dumpster fire because even if things with Wentz don't work out, I think this year is really just like a one-year kind of prove-it deal for him. We've seen Taylor Heineke come in, step in, and be a productive uh, like spot starter in the NFL. So if Wentz kind of bottoms out in those first three or four games, they could throw Heineke in there. They also drafted Sam Howell, maybe see what he has to offer at the NFL level as well. But I think there's too much unknown with this commander's team to, to put any uh, money on them. So especially at minus 170 odds, that's probably something I would stay, uh, probably stay away from. What do you got for your next one? So my next one, I have the Minnesota Vikings. I have them going over nine and a half wins. You get that at plus money as well at 105. Um, this is one I really like. And like I said, getting this at plus money, I think they have – uh, some of the highest upside out of any teams in the NFC this year. I have them winning the North. Um, they, I have them winning the same amount of games as the Packers, both going 11 and six, but the Vikings got a tiebreaker in there. Um, so I like them to win, win the North, like I said, but I feel like it's too risky, too risky to bet them to win the division with, um, with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers still there, but over like over nine and a half, that feels much safer to me. I could definitely see this team winning upwards of 12 games. You look at the playmakers on this offense. It doesn't get much better around the league than this with Justin Jefferson, who's a top five receiver already. Adam Thielen, when he's on the field, really good, really consistent. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Irv Smith, who I'm a big fan of as well at the tight end spot. And then you look at Kirk Cousins. He, his name gets thrown around uh, poorly, I think, just because he doesn't win enough big games. But we're not really asking him to do that there. We're, we're kind of asking them to just beat the teams that you're more talented than and kind of win your home games. And you should be 
good by getting over that nine and a half win marker. He's thrown for more than 4,000 yards in three out of his four seasons in Minnesota. And he's thrown for 30 touchdowns in three out of his four seasons in Minnesota as well. So this is a guy who's going to put up good numbers for you. You add Kevin O'Connell as a play caller and a better offensive scheme. Makes me very optimistic about this Vikings offense. We'll see if the defense can hold up, but if they stay healthy, this should be one of the better offenses in the league. And this number should easily hit. Yeah, uh, I haven't really taken a, an in-depth look into the Vikings, but um, I do think that it's definitely possible for them to go. I, I feel like they will go 10-7 and 7, um, at least. So, um, you know, it still hurts us as Eagles fans that uh, Justin Jefferson ended up falling into the Vikings' hands. Uh, you know, sorry, a little bit of Eagles bias on the podcast. Um, but I, I think he's a top three receiver. Um, you obviously have Dalvin Cook if he stays healthy. You know, all the things that you mentioned. Um, yeah, their offense is going to be really dynamic this year, and it's going to be exciting to watch, um, even if we kind of still do hold a little bit of a grudge against them. Um, they'll be a fun team to watch, and I think they'll they'll definitely get over uh, nine and a half wins. And plus money, it's got really good value. Yeah, I look at the Justin Jefferson pick, though, kind of as our, I guess, their revenge on us for the NFC Championship game. But I would trade that. NFC Championship game a million times over for uh, what we did in the draft by taking Jalen instead of uh, JJ. But that's that's besides the point. Um, we'll move on to our last bet before we get into our dark horse one as well. Bet number five on the sheet. What do you got there, Pat? Um, so I got a little bit of a bias pick here. Um, I got AJ Brown over a thousand and a half receiving yards at minus 112. Um, I really do like AJ Brown to be the first thousand yard receiver. Uh, for the Eagles since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. You know, I was a really big fan of Macklin. Um, but it feels like we've just been so devastated at wide receiver these past couple of years. And, you know, it's it's hard to believe we haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver in going on eight years now. Um, a lot of this pick uh, relies on me believing that Jalen Hurts going to take strides as a passer this year. Um, and, you know, I've been saying for, like, the past four years that the Eagles need a big receiver who can go up top and make plays, uh, you know, make those um, goal line fade plays. And we don't really, we haven't really had anybody to throw to like that since probably Alshon, but he was toward the end of his career. Um, so like I said, like not drafting DK and not drafting Justin Jefferson probably made that problem more apparent to me. Uh, and AJ Brown too. Yeah, true. They did pass on AJ Brown. Um, now he's an Eagle, so we don't need to worry about that. Uh, we can kind of get that Justin Jefferson and push that aside. Um, I still thought it was a need that, needed to be addressed. Um, and the, uh, as much as I've talked down on Howie Rosen for the past couple of years, um, he's been really, really picking it up these past uh, two or three years. Um, I really liked that he traded for A.J. Brown for that first round on draft night. Um, you know, that kind of felt like a miracle to us. Um, we watched the draft together up at school. And um, I remember earlier in the day I texted you about getting A.J. Brown. Maybe that was a thing. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, and, you know, here we are with him as an eagle taking over number 11. Um, and, you know, I think even with the Eagles rushing attack being one of the top in the league last year, ever since um, Sirianni started to turn to the run, uh, I think Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown will be the most dynamic receiving duos they've had since Deshaun and Macklin. Um, it'll be exciting to see Devontae step up in year two. Um, and it might even be more fun to watch the Hurts and Brown connection. We know uh, how good of friends they are, so hopefully that chemistry translates onto the field. 
Um, AJ Brown had a thousand yards in his rookie and sophomore year, uh, which is very impressive. And he missed it by about 130 yards last year, but he missed four games. So um, if you can put up similar numbers, hopefully better numbers than Ryan Tannehill for Jalen Hurts, uh, I think AJ Brown gets to a thousand easily with an extra game to work with in the regular season. Yeah, this is one that I'm kind of on the fence with. If I had to pick, I think I would actually probably take the under. Um, not by much, but I think he'll be flirting around that like 900, 950 yard marker. Um, I think there's just a lot of mouse to feed in this Eagles offense. You look at Goddard, you look at Devontae Smith, um, then you go to Kenny Gainwell out of the passing game, Boston Scott out of the passing game. And then, like we talked about earlier, this was a, a, was a run-first team last year. I definitely could see them trying to take on a, a new identity and throwing the ball more just because of the kind of weapons they have and more reliable guys. Quez Watkins as well, who kind of mm-hmm. emerged as a pretty solid player. So I think there's a lot of guys um, in this offense. And, you know, going into – just his first year on the team, you're not really sure what his exact role is going to be. I mean, obviously he's going to be that number one guy, but we don't know what, and that kind of scares me. Um, with that, I just think there's a lot of unknown for this ego situation because it's it's all based off of what ifs. Like, what if Hurts gets better? You know, what if AJ Brown is able to stay healthy the whole year? Um, so it, it kind of scares me in that regard. And also, like, bets like this where I think – like I think if it if it happens, it's going to be close. It's going to be within like fifty to like a hundred yards. When you get towards like the end of the season, like we saw last year, that game against the Cowboys, where the Eagles sat everyone. Like if we got down to a situation like that, and the Eagles like already had a just say the number two seed locked up, they couldn't go any higher, couldn't go any lower. They sit AJ Brown, and he was only you know forty yards away from a thousand, like something like that. That kind of scares me with, with these like over under like player props as well. So something definitely to keep an eye out for, looking for uh, what what kind of success he has this year. But if I had to pick a side on that one, I would probably lean towards the under. I mean, I guess there's a lot of um, you know unknown factors, like you said. But I don't think you trade for a guy like AJ Brown um, and give up a, give up a first round pick not for him to be your number one target. Obviously, mm-hmm. we have Devonte Smith over there as well, which is amazing um but i don't think you make a move on draft night without making him the focal point of your offense um yeah and you know like i said he he got over a thousand yards in his rookie and sophomore year when the the regular season was still 16 games Mm -hmm. Uh, so maybe even if we got into a situation like last year he'd still get a thousand and 16 games but yeah it's all speculative so um, yeah and that was in a offense too with derrick henry which obviously was run first but i think i mean at least as a patcher at this point in their careers, Ryan Tannehill is definitely more advanced and consistent than Jalen Hurts. So that number is really contingent on kind of, of Hurts' ability, I think, as well. Uh, not so much as Brown's overall like role in the offense, if, if you could put it that way. Yeah. So we'll get into my last bet then before the dark horse. I have DeAndre Swift going over 850 and a half rushing yards. I, you get that at minus 108, so pretty solid value there. Like I was saying, if, if Herbert is my man crush at quarterback, Swift is my man crush at running back for this year. I think he's in for a huge season as he enters year three in the NFL, and he has the chance to run behind the best offensive line he's had. This is a top five group. Last year, I looked it up earlier, 16 running backs went over this 850.5 yard marker, and I don't really see 16 running backs in the NFL this year who are in a better spot to do that than Swift. So that makes me really excited about his potential for this upcoming year. I don't want to call it like a make or break year for him, but if he wants to have that like breakout campaign, I think this is the year to do so. 
because he was a second round pick. So he's only on a four year deal. Um, we could kind of see him potentially get faded out of this like Lions future plans if he doesn't have a, a really good season this year. He struggled to stay healthy for a full season throughout his first two years, playing only in 13 games both years. So that's uh, it gives me a little bit of worrisome. So if he's unable to prove that he can be like a workhorse back this year, I could see Detroit going in a different direction and maybe just use Swift as like a complimentary receiving back, which he's really good at as well. So with all that being said, when the pressure's on and guys are – they these guys want to get paid. They want to get that big contract at the running back spot. Cause in the NFL, you're probably only getting like one major payday at the running back spot from your, uh, after your rookie contract, guys like to perform it and really turn it on and, and get that money. So I I'm going to be buying a lot of Deandre Swift's stock this year. I think he has the breakout potential this year to be like the top overall fantasy back as well. Um, it kind of concerns me that they have Jamal Williams still in the backfield and they like to use Swift a lot in the receiving game. So I don't know how much that'll eat into his carries this year, but this is a team that definitely has a run first identity with Jared Goff playing quarterback and Dan Campbell at head coach calling the plays. Um, I think Swift is in a really good spot to go over that 850 and a half yard marker. So uh, give me, give me him for the over there. Yeah, I know you had a, I consulted you on fantasy advice a couple weeks ago, and I know DeAndre Swift was one of your main guys. Um, and I, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you is if Jamal Williams was still with him. Um, yeah, I don't see I, I don't see Jamal Williams uh, taking the lion's share of the of the carries there. I think DeAndre Swift is their guy, and he's going to have to prove it. Um, and I, I, it's really easy to root for the for the Lions right now. You know, their uh, Dan Campbell's whole personality is really infectious um and you know the, the lines haven't done much so it'd be nice to see them have a breakout back and have a breakout year um even with all the the limitations that they have all right so those were our five bets that were that we were all uh all high on throughout the thing so take those for what you will um here's a dark horse pick as well for me of us you want to start it off pat sure um i was looking at the the high odds picks um obviously it's a dark horse pick for a reason um, I have Sky Moore uh, at Rookie of the Year at plus 1,200. Um, with the loss of Tyree Kill, we know how much Patrick Mahomes love targeting Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Um, with the loss of Tyree Kill, uh, someone's going to have to step up on the Chiefs offense. And um, the obvious candidate there is Travis Kelsey. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see even more of an increased volume from Mahomes this year in terms of targets. Um and, you know, the signing of Juju Smith-Schuster also helps fill that gap a little bit, but I don't really think he is going to be the answer. I hope he, he would prove me wrong, but I don't think he's going to be really the answer there. Uh, I think Sky Moore is going to fill that void that Tyreek Hill has left in that offense um, somewhat. Um, from what I've seen, he's made a lot of explosive plays on the deep ball at Western Michigan, um, and I think he'll fit perfectly with Mahomes' love for the deep ball and that arm strength that we've seen um, Mahomes show off from – game to game. Um, and, you know, for the Chiefs to contend in the AFC and even the AFC West, like we're so high on the Chargers, you know, we got the Broncos and the Raiders all making a run at the playoffs there too. Uh, for them to contend, they need somebody to step up in Tyreek Hill's absence. And I think Sky Moore um, this year proves he's up to the challenge. Yeah, that definitely is a dark horse, one that I haven't really heard from from anyone yet. That would be a, a big-time win for you if that does happen. Um he steps into a situation with great quarterback and great coach. And then, like you said, I think the opportunity at receiver is really good. If he's able to seize that opportunity, there's no reason why he can't have that success. But 
He's going to be competing with guys like Valdez Scantling. They brought in Juju, um, Nicole Hardman still there. So I think he has some guys where he kind of has to fight out for the job, which might scare me a little bit. I was looking earlier. I think James Cook from the Bills is right around that same value at like plus 1,200. So that would be one that I would really like as well. Um, but I think if they're, we're going to see like a non-quarterback win um, this year because this is this tends to be like a quarterback award, but none of the quarterbacks are really like slated to play much. We look at Kenny Pickett. He probably won't be the starter, um, at least at the beginning of the year. Malik Willis, unless something happens to Ryan Tannehill. Desmond Ritter potentially playing for the Falcons. But this is definitely going to be, in my eyes, a, a quarterback – or excuse me, a running back or receiver award. And um, can't really have a better quarterback to do it with than, um, than Patrick Mahomes. So that, 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 that definitely could happen, and that will be a, a cool dark horse to see if you actually hit that. My dark horse is a Super Bowl winner. Um, this team has the seventh highest odds out of any team in the NFL this year. So I guess you can qualify that as a dark horse. But that's 49ers winning the Super Bowl plus 1,600. Um, this play is indicative of my confidence in Trey Lance. Uh, for what it's worth, I did have the my Super Bowl prediction at the beginning of the year last year was the Rams to win it also. Maybe I'll be able to go two for two here. Um, but I think he's Trey Lance steps into a high-level situation after getting the chance to sit and learn most of last year behind Jimmy G. Started a few games, but didn't play that much. The 49ers have been really hyping him up. They have supreme confidence in him, letting Jimmy G go. Um, he steps into a situation kind of like Patrick Mahomes did in his first year as a starter after sitting behind Alex Smith uh, back in 2018 with the Chiefs, where he is an elite offensive coach, um, elite receiver and tight end duo with Debo and Kittle, just like Mahomes had with Andy Reid, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, an emerging player in Brandon Ayuk, who's reportedly been tearing it up in training camp, a really good running game, a top-tier offensive line that has the best left tackle in Trent Williams in the league. The defense is legit. This team is all the makings of a Super Bowl club. I think you really are just gambling on Lance. I think he is the biggest gamble of this whole situation. This team was a dropped interception away, though, last year in the NFC title game from going back to the Super Bowl. And uh, Lance has a lot more upside than Jimmy G. Brings a lot more to the table in terms of his ability to run the football. So that's something that really excites me is about this 49ers team this year. They currently have the seventh best odds, like I said, to win it all. And at the value at plus 1,600, I don't think it gets much better than that. So this is a dark horse I really like, and I would actually place them as my Super Bowl winning bet. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really too high on the 49ers last year. Um, I really thought Trey Lance should have gotten his shot a couple times throughout the season last year. Um, the 49ers weren't necessarily struggling, but I think he should have gotten a shot last year um, and proved what he had to prove. Um, but this year they're obviously all in on him. And, you know, I, I like Trey Lance um, coming out of college. And, you know, I'm really excited to see him take over this team. Um, and like you said, that that season of sitting behind um, – a good quarterback and an elite coach, you know, uh, I think that would really help him off the field and mentality wise. So um, I wouldn't rule the 49ers as out of, uh, out of the question. I think the both playoff races in, in both leagues are going to be really, really uh, fun this year. So we'll see where the 49ers end up in that in the shape. All right. Well, that'll do it for our episode here. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for some more gambling content. Subscribe to that channel. As we head into football season, there's a game tomorrow night on Thursday. So that'll be fun. The first preseason game. It'll probably suck, but still be good to see some football back on the TV. But anything you want to add before we head out, Pat? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. And um, 
he's up front. Yep. Tomato knows. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.